This is the Ministry Story Podcast. It's episode number 16, and today is Tuesday. That's right, Tuesday, April the 19th, 2011. I am David Tonin, your host, and today's topic is Facebook for Ministry or Facebook for Churches, and I hope you're going to get lots out of it. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Ministry Story Podcast. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your ministry story. Well, my name is Randy Vaughn, and I have a small business uh, of my own. Donnie and I are identical twins, so we are the marketing twins. We started about coming up on four years ago. We had an opportunity to uh, live kind of a, a lifelong dream of helping small businesses in marketing, but also uh, because of our love and passion for ministry and the church, we get to help lend our skills and expertise to nonprofit organizations, ministries, private Christian schools, and churches as well. So we're, we're coming up in about four years helping uh, all those organizations and develop marketing systems and social media strategy. And so I'm excited to be on today, David. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. We originally connected a few years ago through some of the blogs that you guys were writing. And I was just kind of getting into this and started searching for people who were writing on church marketing or ministry marketing. And you guys have been doing it at that point, And that's how we first connected. And it was really too bad that we couldn't have Donnie on the call today as well. But I'm really grateful that you've joined us. And, and so welcome. Thank you. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about the passion that drives you, uh, you know, to help pastors, churches, and ministries? Absolutely. I, I love this topic. I, I blog about it. Even on my on our regular blog, we, we, we lend a, a time or two to talk about specifically churches. And what I love about particularly social media, Facebook, uh, in the church, it, it Churches are all about communication, and we are always looking for ways to maximize communication. You know, the church has got, I mean, from way back, the, I mean, the, ever since the disciples were commissioned to, to proclaim the gospel to the world, we've all been about communication. And, and as the Apostle Paul would go out into different areas, he would certainly look for the most effective way to communicate to the culture. And Facebook is such a part of our culture, I think even worldwide, but particularly in uh, North American, Western culture, that Facebook is, is such an integral part of that. And so we're looking for ways to, but, but it's not just that churches need to just get on Facebook, they need to do it effectively, they need to communicate effectively. So that kind of drives the passion that we have of helping, whenever we have an opportunity to help churches understand Facebook and social media, so not that they just get on and uh, but but get on and do it with excellence. So that's kind of what drives us to be involved in this. I love the word excellence because I use it all the time. I get frustrated when I see churches and ministries operating, you know, in, sort oh, yeah. of in a state of mediocrity, which unfortunately is all too all too frequently. Uh, but maybe shed a little bit of light on, um, you know, where do, where does a church start when it comes to to using Facebook? Because you guys have sort of specialized in that, and that's kind of why I wanted you on the call. And uh, I've got this guy who's a regular listener who asked a question literally this week. And uh, and so I said, his name is Ken. And so I said, Ken, I'll ask this question on this week's podcast. And that essentially was, um, he was asking, on Facebook, there is the user profile and the Facebook you know page or fan page. 
Uh, can you explain the difference between the two and which you would recommend that a church create and implement? Well, that's a great question. And Ken, I, I appreciate your question. That is a common question that we get as well. We are uh, constantly interacting with, you know, Facebook is a, is a unique, I mean, it's a social network. It was built around individuals communicating, networking socially. And so I, I tell people all the time that Facebook was invented around with the idea that people would connect. So to, to answer that question, yes, you have a user profile, a personal profile on Facebook. You can't be on Facebook without having a personal profile, and or at least you need to be. That's one of the best ways to communicate. And I, but the but but in essentially organizations, whether they're nonprofits, churches, or small businesses. We were kind of invited, kind of late to the game, I guess. You know, we were kind of brought in, invited in to participate in this social networking of individuals, and we were allowed to participate. But they, they essentially, Facebook created us a special category called pages. So that I think you need to have your your church needs to have, and really, I think Facebook has kind of come up with some really some rules that really dictate you need to be you need to have a Facebook page for your church now. I will tell you this, in talking with several pastors and ministers, I even notice, I, I follow some of them, I follow their churches, but the problem with churches sometimes, and, and organizations of all kinds have this, kind of make this mistake, pages are very impersonal, yeah. because they are, sometimes you don't even know who's posting the, the, the updates of the page. You know there's somebody behind the computer doing that, but you don't know, they never identify themselves and so they, they can come across very impersonal. What I also love to do is follow uh, and, and befriend several ministers and, and pastors individually. So I guess if I was counseling somebody, what I would tell them is your organization, the church, needs to have a Facebook page. But I would strongly recommend as much of the leadership of the church to, be, to have a personal profile because they interact together so well. And people can seem to relate better to you as an individual as opposed to a, kind of an impersonal page. Well, and I would endorse that uh, entirely. I've been saying for a couple of years now that every church leader should be on Facebook. And I get a little bit of pushback. Absolutely. Yeah, I, but I get pushback from a lot of church leaders on that because they don't want to, quote unquote, invest the time. And I guess what <laughs> I would say to that, and I'd be interested to hear your uh, thought on this, is as a as a pastor or a leader on Facebook, use it more as a listening tool as opposed to necessarily a communication tool. You can absolutely dive in with both feet and use it as a communication tool and interact with your people in the congregation, uh, you know, by commenting or or posting on their pictures or whatever. But if nothing else, just use it as a listening tool because I find as a church leader myself. I've had situations where I learn a lot more about what's going on in the lives of the people in our congregation watching what they write on Facebook than I ever learn from talking to them at the back of the church at the end of service on Sunday. What do that's you, right. What do, you, what do you think? Oh, I think that's right. I think it, I think you can do it effectively both ways, but you know, I think you would probably you would counsel people on this anytime you engage in something new. And this is particularly if, if you're new at Facebook or if you're just now kind of exploring the possibilities, it's always the best strategy is to get in and, and watch and listen first. Be a learner. 
the learn. I mean, David, you know a little bit about my background. My wife and I served in West Africa as missionaries, and we got to do that for about nine years of our life. And while we were there, we were doing church planting work in the rural part of West Africa in Benin, and we had the opportunity to go in as learners. We had to learn cultural things. We had to learn traditions and customs, as well as learning the language. And so we learned that really really well. And I think pastors, when they get on Facebook, have to understand there is a culture of Facebook, and you really need to listen and learn first. So that is a, that's the best tool. I, I even had a, a, a minister that I was talking with recently. He was doing some training with his uh, shepherds and, and leadership, teaching them how, exactly what you said, how that they can learn so much about. And, and it really transformed, because you know how it is. How was your week? And people will say, oh, it's fine. And we kind of get along with this idea that, you know, church leadership can go around the the uh, sanctuary, go around the building and say, and all they do, they get, you know, canned responses that everything is fine. But when this minister was telling me, he said, it really transformed. It opened the eyes of some of our church leaders because they would watch and listen and then they would go back on Sunday, and instead of asking the question, how was your week, they would immediately be able to address someone, right at, just go right to them and say, man, I know you've had a hard week, and I just want to pray for you right now. Or how is your daughter? I know she was sick. You know, or, I saw that great uh, soccer game that your son had. What a great moment. And immediately the people kind of light up because here it is finally, a, a church leader actually knows what's going on with their life. and. And that's what church is really supposed to be about, rather than a, a disconnect between the church leadership and the regular members of the congregation. So yeah, yeah. I think that, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and what it really does, too, is it helps build community. And all, after all, isn't what church all isn't what we're all about, really, the whole community aspect? And, and, yeah. and so Facebook enables that. Now, I would even take it one step further, and I've done this, and I know our pastors at our church have done this, which is if you see somebody's having a particularly rough time by a comment they've made on Facebook, um, you know, I've taken the opportunity to call people, uh, pray with them on the phone. I've sent them personal messages by email or, or through Facebook itself. Um, and then the other thing that you can also do is go, hey, you're really having a tough week. Uh, did you want to get together for coffee and talk? And just having that opportunity. Now, certainly it takes a little bit more effort to go and actually act on what you're reading. But I think it just really brings the humanity of the leadership and, and the church more to light. And, and Facebook enables you to do that. And it does it during the week rather than waiting on this cycle of every seven days we have interaction and community. You actually get to have community and interaction every day of the week, and I think that's what you're talking about. That's right. Now, to circle back to Ken's question a little bit, so what you're saying is what a church should do is their leaders should be on Facebook as individual users, but the church or the organization itself should have a Facebook page. Yes, that's what I would recommend. I have a friend of mine who does who, who does this so well because – what what happens is also giving yourself two opportunities to reach out. You can, as a as a page, you can promote your your events, the things that are going on, share things that are going on in the community, share prayer requests, all the things that would normally happen in the life of an organization. But what he does is then he jumps over, and what he is finding is that they are struggling to find people who, you know, people who are not Christians, people who are not in their community, who are not followers of Christ. 
And it's hard to get them to follow the church page. You know, it's hard to get them to like the page. They're not there yet. But he's out, you know, he may be at a soccer game with his kids. He may be at, uh, you know, a a meal or or an event somewhere. And he's able to connect personally with somebody who's not, has no connection to the church yet. And then he, he friends them. And he's actually able to start that relationship just between the two of them personally and that then eventually he is posting things and he'll reference and tag the church page and that will kind of eventually introduce them to the, the, the broader church organization. So right. he really uses that as an outreach tool. Right. And, and and Facebook has all kinds of really great outreach potential like that. And you get a chance to really live out your faith if your life is intertwined on Facebook with a whole bunch of people that you either grew up with or that you work with that, uh, you know, that aren't part of your church, but then they get to see what you're really involved in, uh, you know, in the ministries that are extensions of what happens on Sunday. That's exactly what one of the greatest impact that Facebook has is the ability to, uh, and that's what's scary to a lot of people. And they, it's in that I, I've not been a full-time pastor, uh, having served in the mission field. I know a little bit of that pressure you feel of of being in the spotlight a lot of times. But I know it does scare a lot of church leaders and pastors to be kind of, and it doesn't mean you have to get on there and expose your whole life and everything that goes on with you, but you can certainly take a leadership role in listening as well as uh, proclaiming. And I wouldn't, I, I would certainly tell people, don't get on there and be, you know, what I would call preachy, where you do a share of scripture references, and hey, I, there's got to be a, a reality to your life, and he, uh, like you mentioned, the word humanity, that's what it's all about. You wouldn't get up on a uh, Sunday morning, you know, or you wouldn't go visit somebody and, uh, you know, sit down with somebody at a coffee shop and immediately just say, you know, while we might want to share scripture, we'd also talk to them. We would share, we'd ask them questions what's going on in their life. We would share what's going on in our life. We would have a dialogue and community. We wouldn't just proclaim scripture references. It would be awkward. Well, it's the same way on Facebook. It's awkward when you follow somebody and all they do is post scripture references. Yeah. And all they do is seem to post wonderful things that God's doing in their life. I think you also need to be authentic and, and share the things that are difficult in your life too. And that's sometimes a little intimidating for church leadership to do. Right, but what it does if they do it, and they do it selectively and carefully and with some wisdom, it really gives them a chance to uh, let the personality of them as a leader kind of shine through so that people can see that they're not this preacher or leader that's on a pedestal, but that they are a real person with real life and real family and real real issues, right? That's right. Authenticity is so such an attractive Cool. I mean, if you, that's it's so hard sometimes for people, especially if you've been in ministry for a number of years. You may have developed a kind of a, uh, you know, you almost and you didn't do this intentionally. You didn't do this uh, to manipulate anybody. You just kind of grown into a kind of a, a preacher persona where you have this life that everybody seems to see and hear, and they and they do put you up on that pedestal. And sometimes it's hard to break out of that because there's there's a safety in that because you can kind of manage that a little bit, but it is, it's it's the pastors and the ministers who let that guard down and let them see the reality, the humanity, and the authenticity that really, I think, make the biggest impact. Right. So now the church creates a Facebook page for its church, 
And how do you now motivate people to become members or quote unquote, like that page? Is there any strategies that you've experienced churches using or that you yourself have counseled leaders as to how to actually build that community through that page? There are so many ways you could do this, David. There are uh, some of the more natural, organic ways by, you know, simply creating a page and that natural, some, you know, 2,500 people in your church start liking the page and that, and that, that uh, part of Facebook that basically says, when I like a page, that puts it over on my, my, the, the news feed of all my friends and they see that I like that page and so, there's some natural organic kind of spreading that that, that that does just by liking the page. So creating the page, you, you often find people get to 25 fans, they get to 50 people who like the page really quickly, and, they, and I think that's, that showcases some of it's just that, that natural organic kind of social networking that happens. So that's obviously that's one way that you can like, you increase the number of people is just getting people to – and I think you have to promote it. Promote it from the pulpit. Promote it from the in the sanctuary in your in your assemblies. Promote it over in your emails. Let your that's one of the reasons why if your leadership is, has a personal profile, let them promote that and and tell their friends about that, and then get people other people to do that as well. Uh, I think sharing the ability to uh, teaching your people, teaching people on Facebook. A lot of people know how to do this, but there's still a lot of people who don't know how to tag the page. Yeah. So if they're in their own personal profile, that they can actually say, "Hey, you know, encourage people. Hey, my church is now on Facebook, and go and then tag that church page in their own status update." So it sends it out to their, you know, 500 friends or 1,300 friends or whoever, yeah. however many people get that. And that tagging feature creates a, that hyperlink that goes right over to their page. So, you know, just those are a couple ways. That just early on, that you can get some get some membership uh, right off the bat. Right. One of the challenges that I've experienced and I've seen many churches experience as well is keeping the content current and the community engaged with what's going on on the page. Do you have any strategies for, you know, how to enhance engagement? Well, this is the part that I think people need to understand. When we talk about social media and we we deal with a plan, a system, a strategy, I think you really need to sit down and, and have some thought. To this, because it's not just that you create the page. You might get a burst of of a hundred fans in a matter of you know a day or two, and everybody gets excited and says, "Hey, we've got a Facebook page." It's kind of like you know uh, a couple of dozen years ago, where you know all of a sudden the church had a website, and everybody was thrilled that they could actually have a www on their sign somewhere, <laughs> and we got all excited about having a web page, and then no one updated the content, and then we found out. Uh, later on, the church leadership never even visits the you know the website, and it becomes so old and outdated that no one you know it's ineffective. I think the same thing could happen to your Facebook page too. I think you really need to sit down and uh, strategically map out. I, I tell people to kind of put together one. I think try to put together a team of people for try to find people who are already comfortable with Facebook. This is a great way to engage some volunteers who are you know. I think I think it's important to have staff people, but maybe a volunteer uh, as well, put together a team. I wouldn't have too many cooks in the kitchen, as we say, but maybe three or five administrators of the page. And people who are, I think the key is to keeping it fresh and, and posting regular content. 
So I think, you know, having people who are volunteers, maybe different parts, maybe people deal with student ministries, people who deal with, uh, you know, family ministry, and then other, other things that are going on in the church, and then letting those post those at different times of the day. Uh, I, I would do maybe one or two posts a day sometimes. I think it's hard to tell how many times a day you're supposed to do this. Sometimes it depends. Sometimes there's just a lot going on. I would certainly do that. I think one of the other things that you can do to keep that content relevant is post videos and pictures of people at events. Yeah. I think especially when you're trying to really promote the page, uh, you know, people love to watch a video of the the youth retreat or the, the you know the women's uh, the women gathered together for a a, spirit, a time of spiritual renewal and maybe there was a, some photos or pictures shared or maybe a, a video was made and the church posting that and then maybe uh, tagging those people in the in the page and, and sharing that with people I think that creates an interest people like to watch themselves they like to watch their grandchildren they like to watch their own kids in a video or pictures and so those are some of the ways that I would uh, you know engage people with really good content. Yeah, I think you got some good points there. I mean, absolutely. The pictures thing is probably the easiest thing today because everybody's got digital cameras, it seems. And to upload those pictures, they don't have to be portrait quality pictures. They just need to be, you know, showing the life of your church in action uh, around a particular event. And if you can do that on a fairly regular basis, people come just to see the pictures because they want to see what's going on and they love to see themselves in those pictures. The other nice thing about it is, is as somebody new comes in contact with your church, whether they're a Christian or not, once they see your Facebook page and they can see, hey, this church has got stuff going on and they see, see real people in real ministries, in, in action, doing you know, fun things and, and engaging with a, a community that has a life, then what it really does is it really brings your entire ministry to life, literally, and gives it a real snapshot of the, if you, for lack of better terms, a real snapshot of the true ministry that's going on in your congregation. You know, to that point, there's another thing that people, I've seen on some great church Facebook pages where people, and this is where, when you say the word video, a lot of churches, uh, you know, kind of step back and say, well, we don't have all the equipment that those big churches have. Well, you know, you know, grab a, a, a digital video camera, those flip video cameras now that really run about $100 or $150 bucks, uh, U.S. at least, and so they're, they're, they're really inexpensive. And I would say, if you can, grab one or two of those, you know, and make those available to people. If you're going on a, uh, you know, capture those events. But the other thing you can do, and I think this is really powerful, is go to some of the, maybe the new, maybe there's a new believers class or a new members class or something like that. And when I talk about capturing testimonies of people, I'm not talking about a 20-minute long testimony that has to be edited down and put all the fancy graphics to it. And that's, because that's where that's what intimidates a lot of churches from sharing video. Because they think, well, we just don't have the we don't have the production facility, we don't have the equipment to do that. If you take one of those cameras and just ask one simple question, you know, maybe it's uh, you know something about the, a holiday coming up. You know, we're recording this interview close to Easter Sunday, and so the idea of what does Easter mean to you now that you're a believer? What does the resurrection mean to you? Mm-hmm. And let them record maybe a two minute answer. And you, you, you put that, or what has this particular ministry of our church done for you? And let them record that. Boy, I mean, putting those little short videos, maybe 30 seconds to two minutes long at the most, putting those up there frequently on the page creates a really 
Uh, when you're when you're going to the page for the first time and you want to see what that church is made of, now you're actually seeing these are real people who've been impacted by the church. Right, and you can integrate those into the Facebook page. You can post them on YouTube and then integrate them into the Facebook page or into the website. And like you say, yeah. there's nothing more powerful than real-life testimonies that are short and snappy like that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good way to, to, to think about taking that video content and putting it out on the different uh, social media outlets and then repurposing that all over. You can bring that back up the next year, and you have pretty good content still or you know, we were. I was talking to my sister-in-law, who was just. Uh, she just ran a. Uh, I don't want to say ran. She organized and helped uh, create the environment for a spiritual a ladies' renewal uh, for their for their, our church. And she, we were talking about that idea. So many people would come up to her, at, you know, afterwards or the next Sunday and say, "Wow, those two days away were really that made a huge difference in my life. I, it reshaped the way I, I think about my." My, my children, the way I'm raising them, or about my own quiet time with the Lord. And, I, you know, we were like, the, the only sad part about that was the only person who heard that comment was my sister-in-law. Right. And everybody needs to see that. Everybody needs to hear that. So being able to, to recapture those kind of statements and saying, would you put that, you know, a lot of times that's intimidating for people, but uh, to get behind a video, to see themselves on video. But, you know, if it's a short statement and people just need to share a lot of times they'll do that and you get some really good content you really do and thanks for those uh, tips because i think that that'll be helpful to anybody who's kind of trying to figure out uh, a strategy or plan a way to create some content it's a lot easier than most people think uh, but you just have to be a little bit of you know use a little creativity and try to plug in some of the people that are already just looking for ways to to share these kinds of stories and these kind of uh, things through picture and video uh, and even, you know, some, there's always churches have people that who are blogging or doing other things as well. And you can, you know, leverage some of the stuff that people are already doing out there on their own and bring it into your own site. It, uh, you know, it does take a little bit of review, but uh, I think that there's tons of ways that churches can creatively use it. So thanks for those tips today. We appreciate it. Before you go, Randy, would you like to share uh, your online coordinates for those who don't know who you are but want to connect with some of what you and Donnie write about and uh, some of the services you provide through the Marketing Twins? Well, like I said, we're, I'm thankful, David, for having me on. And, and, and Donnie and I love to, to help. Again, we love to help small business owners, and uh, we do a lot of that virtually. Uh, we're here in Fort Worth, Texas, if you can tell by my accent or not. I would the, never uh, have guessed. <laughs> I, I may have lost that when I went to Africa. I'm not sure. But uh, the, <laughs> we, we do share a lot of uh, strategies virtually with small business owners, maybe even uh, people of faith who are, are running a small business, but they want somebody who has similar kind of uh, convictions about faith. And, and I think that's important. We, we find that we, we love helping small business owners who are in the church and but we also help churches and ministries and nonprofits and private Christian schools. And so we do that uh, primarily through you can go to the, the major hub of our, our, our organization is marketingtwins.com. So marketingtwins.com. And we kind of get to maintain that brand over on Facebook. So it's facebook.com slash marketingtwins is our Facebook page. And then you can follow me on Twitter at marketingtwins. So we kind of keep that consistently all around. So those are some ways you, I'd love for people to connect with me, and, and uh, I'd love to connect with them. 
Great. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule this week to talk with us. Uh, I really appreciate it. I learn a lot from every guest, but uh, some things that I picked up here and had some creative ideas as you were talking that I think I could implement for my own church. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to maybe having the opportunity to talk to Donnie or maybe have both of you on the call sometime in the future if I can figure out a system that works a little bit better than what we originally tried today before we started this call. Uh, that's great. We'd love to be a part of that. Thank you, David, and God bless your ministry and your work up there, and we'll just look forward to, to continue our connection. Thank you for joining us for today's Ministry Story Podcast. Feel free to post any comments you may have on ministrystory.com. Our podcast theme song is Could This Be the End of the Hiding by The Contact, who can be found at thecontactmusic.com. Please join us every Monday another inspirational conversation designed to increase ministry effectiveness as we share the greatest story ever told.